What's going on, Radio Freest Van listeners, and welcome to episode 120 of the Radio Freest Van podcast. My name is Michael. I got my co-host Scott here. Go and say what's going on, Scott. Oh, man, I set my own hair on fire, and it's all Brexit's fault. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> we also have powerful Ryan. Go and say what's going on, Ryan. What's happening, guys? A.K.A. Zordon from Power Rangers. <laughs> and we have a <laughs> special guest for you guys this episode. So we brought on powerful, powerful Henry Steele from the Cult of Paint. Go say what's going on, Henry. Good evening. How you doing? How, uh, what, what time is it over there right now? It is a quarter to one in the morning. Ten to one in the morning, really. Okay, so we're... we're Anybody we're ever tell you, you sound like Gav Thorpe? <laughs> no, I did, I heard, but he was on an episode of yours recently, wasn't he? Yeah, I think so. I just need to listen to that one. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Him and some other English dickhead. <laughs> there was actually... I was actually watching a, uh... What the fuck was it? It was some sort of tutorial... Like I've been watching a lot of restoration tutorials lately where it's like people restore like old butcher's knives or like old shoes or like whatever. Yeah, nice. And like they're like the weirdest, like most calming things ever. And mm-hmm. I- I'm trying to get an idea of how to do it right, like because I want to do that both Warhammer models. And there's this guy that restored this like old fucking butcher's knife. And it sounded just like you, Henry. And it was like the same <laughs> English style accent. It was like your deep voice. And like he cursed a lot. And I was like, this is Henry. I was like, this is, this is Henry <laughs> restoring butcher's knife and not telling anybody. Dude, I've got I to gotta pay the bills. Fuck those. <laughs> teaching, teaching airbrush painting doesn't. So. <laughs> Fucking just. Isn't it, isn't it, is it an American show? I think it is where they don't they have like some barn full of people that restore different, different shit. American Restoration. On the history channel. Catchy title. There we go. A lot to do with history. (laughs) (laughs) That's a real thing? That's a show on History Channel? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Oh, my. It's good. You'd like it. Do I like it? Uh, I'm indifferent. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want the American Restoration fans to come down on me hard. Because we get a lot of those, like we get that. What else do you get? They get that American Pickers show. That's always on the TV over here as well. Yeah. Oh yeah, that went real quick. You know what I like? Uh, just like since we're on this weird ass topic, and we'll probably like not start the episode for a while. Uh, <laughs> have you like you ever seen those people who drag magnets on the bottom of rivers and lakes and stuff like that, and then pick up stuff? Mm. It's like they they drag these like giant magnets with a rope and they'll drag them through water and they'll pick up w- just weird, crazy stuff. And, uh, yeah. Well, okay. So here's the thing. Like in America, in America, obviously it's like, you know, murder weapons and like dump guns and all this stuff. But in, in all of Europe, it's all world war two shit. So it's like, you know, yeah. just insane <laughs> amount of just like Nazi replica or Nazi actual, like true, you know, uh, memorabilia, I guess, and uh, like real like An MP40s and stuff. Shell or some shit. <laughs> yeah, dude. Like, oh, just, Jesus. It's like, oh, old fucking old pocket mine. Just go ahead and put that back in go the water. Pop that yeah, it's so, like every, every few years you get the story of, oh, an, an unexploded sea mine just bobs along down the Thames and you're like, oh, fucking hell, here we go. You know, and then all the all the taxis, everything, all the buses come to a stop. We've got to do all that. Just go and get rid of this mine. But shit's always showing up in London and stuff, like old 
old war stuff. That one dude had a straight up Panzer in his basement, like full on nice. Panzer tank, just in his basement, and like eventually, like it was like fully made, like fully restored, and all this jazz. And then he like was talking about it, and like this dude's old as shit. He was like in his seventies, eighties. He's like, yeah, I got a Panzer in my basement. And then like somebody narked on him, and the police had to come and check out his basement. And sure enough, but what's he gonna? What's he gonna do? They took down his whole. <laughs> they took down his wall and everything to get the pan. They took it. They fucking took it. Motherfuckers, that wouldn't happen in Indiana, would it, right? Nah, they'd be like, ah, fuck it, keep it. <laughs> they'd be like, yeah, they'd be like, oh, it's grandfathered in. You don't need a permit for that. You're good to go. <laughs> Yeah, it's a take. You'll be fine. Yeah. So, anyway, you guys are probably wondering why we have Henry on this show. So, just to give you guys an idea of what we plan on doing this episode, Henry has a very, very important Kickstarter coming up October 24th, right? October 24th? Yes, that's correct. And he is going to explain on this show what makes that Kickstarter so special and some of the things that we need to go over for this airbrush coming out and the uh, the miniatures as well, right? Or is it just the airbrush? Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, it was more about the airbrush. I think that's probably more relevant to most of us, uh, most of us listening to the show. But yeah, the miniatures actually dropped uh, yesterday. So they are out and they're in the wild. Well, I'm now, I'm now a legit miniatures producer, which is, which is quite exciting, really. Um, but yeah, it's... Uh, yeah, it's been a, a crazy weekend for that. Do you artificially inflate your currency and charge me VAT if I order one? Just you specifically. Okay, cool. Just making sure. Yeah, I, I didn't. Yeah, yeah. I want to feel right at home when I buy. Nintendo. No, we're we're not a we're not a big enough company to pay VAT at the moment. So, <laughs> so uh, can't we'll, get away with that's, that. That's, in, that's yeah. in the future. Yeah, yeah <laughs> that's, that's, that's a that's a scam for a few years time. <laughs> yeah just keep keep that in your sights just remember that's the old that's the old go-to but so anyway we're gonna talk yeah, to man, henry about- it's been uh yeah, good fun yeah we're gonna talk to henry about that we're gonna go ahead and go over his airbrush and all that stuff what you need to know about the kickstarter and what you need to know about what you'll get and all that jazz and then uh we're gonna go into some voicemail or hobby progress and we'll go into voicemails so i'm still a little disappointed we didn't get any spooky stories i don't even know what to say at this point but Anyway, Henry, tell us about your Kickstarter. Tell us about what's going on. Michael. Um, so, yeah, so we've got – so it's not it's not our Kickstarter, as it were. It's not Cot Paint's Kickstarter, but it's, uh, it's a Kickstarter we've been involved very, very heavily in. Uh, so the guys that were at camp, and I'm sure if you listen to any Heresy podcasts and stuff, you probably heard me wearing on about them. But um, – about a year ago now, we uh, just under a year ago, we got approached by Harder and Steenbeck, who are the sort of the biggest European airbrush manufacturers, um, looking to. They basically wanted to see what was going on with wargaming. They were, you know, as a as a, a portion of uh, airbrushes, I guess, with for a very very small percentage. Um, you know, a lot of the guys that use airbrushes use them for fine art or t-shirt art or culinary stuff um closest thing you ever really got yeah fishing (laughs) girls yeah fingers crossed on that one um 
the, yeah, the closest thing you ever really got to ours was uh, things like RC, so like drones and cars and things like that. People would people would use them for. Um, but H&S or, or Harder got this sort of got wind that airbrushing was becoming quite popular with, or not quite popular, but was but was on the rise with sort of war gamers. And they liked what we were doing. They liked that we were trying to encourage sort of war gamers to use airbrushes to not not think of them as these weird esoteric things that that are only you know that you need to be a fucking genius or a ninja or whatever to use um and just to try and sort of help people bring them into the toolbox um so yeah they got in touch with us um and yeah we had a, ch- a little chat for a bit so they were like oh we're thinking of doing this what do you think we're like oh that sounds kind of cool do you want to work with us yeah yeah that'd be great um and that went on for a little while um just backs and forth, things like you, you'll have noticed they'll have sponsored a few people in the past. People like um, Ankel Heraldes, it's the guy who does all the infinity painting and things like that. He's been a like an infinity artist for ages and stuff like that. Um, and, and we didn't think anything more of it. Um, and then we were, you know, the, the color paint stuff really started to kick off, which was awesome. Um, so we went back to them and we're like, come on, what's, what's going on with the, the brushes? What are we going to do? Um, and long story short, we said to them, we didn't just want to bring out a, a rebranded brush that they, you know, we, we didn't really have much interest in sticking our names on a brush that already existed quite simply. Cause we just tell people to go and buy that brush because it would already be on the shelf. Um, and the nice thing was, is me and Andy had both used Evos and infinities for, three four years before they approached us so whenever we get asked on classes and stuff oh what do you use what do you use we, you know we we'd use some form of uh usually an evo ripped apart with an infinity back on it and, uh, and all these different bits and bobs um so yeah we just sort of turned around and said no nah, we're not don't really fancy doing just a rebranded thing um and they sort of called our bluff on it a little bit and then went well all right then what what would you, what would you do if we said make make your dream airbrush um, and it was like, oh, fuck. Um, so it's, it's kind of tricky because at the end of the day, there's only so much you can do with them, right? Um, you guys have used Evos and things before, right? Or you could certainly come across them. Yes, sir. Yep. Um, I know sort of H&S isn't as big a brand in the yeah, States yeah. At, at the moment, but uh, your, your Evo is this, it's just that classic sort of everyman brush it's the it does it does the job you can achieve golden demon with it but you can also smash through your army with it kind of kind of brush um so when they said like oh look what would you make your dream brush we were like well the evo is pretty good man um but again it what it was is it was it was this airbrush that wasn't specifically designed for us for for our hobby so we're like okay what can we do to, to make it more you know, specific to us. Um, and it all came down to really the trigger. Um, we chatted to a lot of guys uh, and girls that had done our classes. Um, and obviously me and Andy between us have got, I would say at least 20 hours of airbrush experience. So uh, we had a fairly good pool to work with. Um, and just, uh, the, the, one of the big things that kept coming back was people would talk about, oh, yeah, my finger gets uncomfortable or I get cramp in my finger or my wrist or my finger slips on the trigger after a while if I'm painting for ages and all of that. 
Um, so we took all that into account and <laughs> Harder sent over this big box just full of triggers, just turned up. I sat there with, with modeling putty, basically. And um, me and Andy just, just created a bunch of different triggers. Um, and in the end, sort of created this, this one that we really like the feel of. Sent it off in in the post with like essentially a design drawn on a beer mat, um, and just sort of right post this to the Germans, they'll deal with it. <laughs> and um, and I sort of got a fairly abusive email back from them, um, and then they made the design and they they sort of drew it up as a technical drawing. They did all of this, and then the next thing we knew, we had these prototypes through, um, and they're just wicked, man. Um, and we sort of were like, fuck, we've actually might be onto something. Um, and all of, all of this come together essentially where harder now we're like, yes, come on, let's do it. Let's, let's do this project. Let's, let's get it going. Um, we want, we're going to kickstart it, um, simply cause they've never done anything like this before. So the factory's taking a bit of a punt and essentially turned around to us and, and the guy that had, had contacted us and was like, you've got to get X, X amount of people to buy into this before you, before we green light it kind of thing. And they were like, okay, well let's do Kickstarter. Um, so in the sense of kickstarting, it's not going to be something that posts in a year's time, you know, Kickstarter ends, the brushes are made, they'll get out to you. Um, I'm not allowed to say like prices and dates and things like that, mainly because I don't know them. Um, but I'd be fairly confident you will get the brush very, very quickly. Um, after the, the campaign ends, if it's successful. Um, so, yeah, I mean, what sort of, was there anything particular you guys? Because mm, I mean, my, yeah, what well, hit me up with some questions. I'm just babbling on. What compressor would you recommend to use with this, uh, this airbrush? So, there's good compressors to fit pretty much all your budgets. So, there, if you've got 50 pounds, you can get a decent compressor. You go on eBay, get that um, AS186 thing from China that's just rebranded by everyone pretty much. Um, personally, I don't dig airbrush um, compressors with a tank. I don't really see the point in them. Um, when you look at the ones with the tanks that you get, that you'll see most people with our hobby have, they're these small, I don't know, Ryan, how big are those tanks? Like... Um, there may be a gallon. Yes, yeah, so they're, they're teeny tiny, right? And and you sort of go, why why do you want a tank on your compressor? And most of the time, it's because people have been told they should have one on there. So you ask, oh, why why have you got it? And they go, uh, 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 it's quiet. Well, it is for about fifteen seconds before all the air runs out of it, and then the compressor kicks in again and starts <laughs> filling it up. So that's my argument for why I, I have no desire to, to spend the extra 20 quid or whatever on a tank. Um, there's, there's an argument that it gives you a slightly more consistent like, airflow and stuff, but it's, in my opinion, it's negligible. Um, and if I can save 20 pounds on a compressor, I can yep. spend that on a better brush kind of thing. You've got... Then you've got sort of good. The, the only issue with those is I, I've had a few of those over the years, and I had one that lasted me like three years, and then I had one that lasted me about two months before it just catastrophically failed. So it's you're sort of getting what you pay for. Um, you've got a lot of the airbrush companies produce 
a sort of mid-price, uh, under £200 type compressor. It's the same with a lot of things, man. You're just getting what you pay for. It's similar to the airbrush. Could you airbrush with the cheap plastic one you get free with your compressor? Yes, of course you can. Will you be able to, will you enjoy it as much or will you be able to achieve what you can with a decent airbrush? No, you won't. It's similar to with a compressor, I say. Right. Um, so, yeah, just short answer. Find one you like the look of and message me. And I, I'll more than happily nerd out and chat shit about anything to do with that kind of thing. Um, so, yeah. But a friend of mine got an absolute bargain. He found a dentist's uh, practice that was going out of business. And he bought their air compressor. And that was a massive one. Like, it's on a trolley. So like, you fill it up with air and it's, you know, that tank will hold many sessions worth of uh, air. That was amazing. Um, but they're like a thousand pounds to buy new. So I wouldn't recommend those. That, that's my argument for one with a tank. Uh, if, if the compressors are running less time, it extends the life of the compressor. Yeah. And, and I agree. So in that, in that case, I would suggest if I'm looking at a, a compressor I'm spending more money on, would I get one with a tank to help? maintain it yes i probably would if i'm getting one of the 50 pound ones from china nah fuck it if it blows up i'll buy another one yeah i might be the only person in history who has this i don't know if this is common or not but i have a i've had a grex compressor for like five years that doesn't have a tank and i've never mm. i had the same airbrush too all i've ever had to mm. change out was like the needle and the nozzle Maybe so that's just uh, ever, but I don't think so. Like it's again this one of the things we bang on about on the classes all the time is it's, it's they're not these they're not these fragile made of glass intricate yeah. delicate little things. You know, as long as you basically maintain them, you know, super simple. The products are out there. You need about three products, yeah. you know, and and just don't be a complete moron. Um, <laughs> And well, you, you know, but I mean, even like even someone like Michael, who I have never seen an airbrush as dirty as Michael Monslonger's airbrush he brought to the class. He's a pretty dirty person. But even that was fixable, you know, <laughs> cotton buds and a bit of um, cleaner. Eventually, we got it. We got it out. Um, but I think sometimes you get, you know, people will buy these ultrasonic cleaners and they'll buy. Windex or, or some, you know, a harsher solvent, and they'll completely rip their brush to pieces every time they clean it and throw it all in and stuff. That one, why? Why are you doing that to your airbrush to where half of the airbrush has never got any paint on it anyway? Why, why are you throwing, you know, that in there? So, uh, yeah, it's it's if, if you maintain your brush well, it's like like these Evos, like the ones we, you know we, we're doing with Harder, the Evo and the Infinity. Theoretically, that's all the brand new brush you'll ever buy. Um, it'll, it'll outlast your hobby, probably. I believe it. Especially at this rate. Hey! <laughs> Get too fucking right, man. <laughs> so, so reeling it back, reeling it back in, so we now know that pretty much any, uh, any airbrush compressor we use will be just fine. with Or a tractor tire. <laughs> yeah. do, do what the old boys used to do, hook it up to a tractor tire. Tractor tire, you know, anything. Gives you more air. A balloon with a whole bunch of air behind it. We'll be fine. So, reeling that back, 
what makes your airbrush that you know you've put your name behind so much different than all the other airbrushes I can buy from China? <laughs> okay, so quality of the parts, right? So let's let's just super simple, right? This is this. If you someone says German engineering to you, right, you kind of know what you're going to get. Like it's done properly. So ignore the nozzle, ignore ignore all, all that shit. If you've got your brush that's primarily made up of plastic, cheap, cheap plastic and cheap rubber seals, and poorly machined metal, okay, so it's not accurately done. And you compare that next to a brush that's been well machined, polished, high quality seals, no plastic parts, or that kind of thing. The, the difference between the two of them is it's not going to be as simple as, oh, this one will paint better. It will be right the way through from you're going to get less blockages. It's going to be easier to clean it out because the uh, it'll be because of the machining and the polishing the surfaces are smoother, so they're not holding on to paint so much, which means you're not going to get blockages in the um, the canal and all, and all the rest of it. The seals aren't going to perish as soon as you squirt a tiny bit of isopropyl through the brush. And what it means is when you start airbrushing, you're going to be able to paint for an hour or two. You're not going to paint for two minutes. Your airbrush gets blocked. You go, oh, fuck it. I'll go play Xbox. So... That's the main difference. Is a better quality airbrush is going to let you enjoy your hobby. Nice. I like it. I, I like a. I like a. So, I like the way that sounds. <laughs> so somebody was asking on our uh, Facebook page, what's the difference between your brush and just another H and S brush? Because you've cool. already touched on you guys. You guys redesigned yeah. the trigger. Did you redesign Correct. anything? So, the trigger? so what you've got is. Originally, we just wanted to do an Evo because that was the brush we always recommended that people bought. It's around £140. We felt it was it was an excellent investment. Um, they, the guys, the project went on. The guys were like, fuck it, let's do an Infinity as well. And we're like, oh, amazing, awesome. So the, it, what we began with was our favorite setup of an Evo and our favorite setup of an Infinity. Okay, so you've got things like so it's coming with a quick release as standard. It's coming with, uh, so this is the Evo I'm just talking about now, but both of them, the, the Infinity comes with all of this and more, but the Evo is going to come with, you know, you quit, you quit release at the bottom, the forked uh, needle guard. Okay. So it's our, our, our favorite setup, right? The larger paint cup and the 0.4 needle nozzle kit, right? So that's the setup we, me and Andy have both used for years. It's one we really like using. It's what we think produces the most efficient and the best results the points of difference that you then have as in you can't just go and buy it off the shelf harder of let us de basically debut their new needle design on these brushes so those needles are going to come out they will be available right but the first time you'll see them will be on these brushes which is cool and then the most unique part that you will only get on these brushes is the trigger um what's been really nice with the trigger is we've brought it along to a couple of classes now so we've had a chance for various students to try it out for a good few days when they're working and we're getting unanimously positive feedback on it which is really really cool um because it was quite nerve-wracking because it's not like we've completely revolutionized things but what we've done is taken an excellent product and now made it in our opinion fit for purpose for what we do um so 
the whole idea behind the trigger is it's got more grip than your standard trigger. It's got more support on it. Okay, so where, where your fingers, you've got more contact area with your finger and then you've got more support. So the idea there is that you're going to be able to paint for longer without getting discomfort, which means you're going to stay at the desk, which means you're going to enjoy what you're doing, which means hopefully you get the base coat down in one evening. So the next evening you can paint the boulders, the next evening you can paint the lenses and all the rest of it. Um, so yeah, triggers the most exclusive part. And so, will both of the uh, will, will both the Evo and the Infinity you guys offer are both offering the triggers? Correct. Oh. So the differences between the two. So the the Infinity. So your your Evo is as I say, Evo is your high end German, you know, car. It's beautiful. Does the job. It's all you'll ever own. You'll be that old man with the forty year old BMW that still looks flawless and all the rest of it. Your Infinity, price wise, you're looking at. I think in the region of about fifty pounds more. That's what they're priced currently at. If you buy the the normal Evo and the Infinity, or the the equivalent Evo and the Infinity to what we're using, big difference is the Infinity weighs practically nothing. It's got full aluminium body on it. So again, you're reducing weight, so it's more comfortable. So you're going to be able to use it for longer. Not that the Evo is heavy by any means. Um, the Infinity also comes with uh an eyeline cup so it comes with a big cup and then it comes with a teeny tiny little effectively collar that just dots down over where the put the paint reservoir is so you can put a few dots of paint in there if you're doing detail work the cup's not in the way you can see right down the gun you can see exactly where you're painting um the trigger on the infinity is also different to the trigger on the evo it's one mil higher as well um, so again, it's just giving you that extra bit of control. Essentially, you're, the biggest thing you're gaining with the Infinity is the potential to have far more control. And what's the word I'm looking for? Feedback's not quite the right word, like sense sensitivity and, and with the feedback. Okay. Um, so the, the whole spring mechanism behind there's it's an upgrade. Um, you've got that cool backstop feature as well. I don't know if you've seen it on, like a lot of the, the posher brushes, You've usually got like a little dial or a little chock that you can push in or screw in. It prevents how far you can pull back the trigger, right? So the idea behind that is you, I guess it's like a safety net. Um, So a good example, if if you're wanting to paint some camo on one of your dust tanks, Michael, um, you drop your pressure down, you push your backstop right in, and you just go in and freehand your camo on there. No drama, nothing to fear. The negative, in my opinion, with those is when you then want to clean your brush through or swap your colours around, you have to unscrew the back, do all the rest of it. You know, it takes 10 seconds or whatever, then you can clean it out and you've got to screw it back into where you want it. The really lovely thing on the Infinity is it's a one click. So you can preset where you want it to go into. When you're done, you just pull it, clicks off, and you're back to normal. So again, it's it's just making the whole process that bit more efficient which over an evening might gain you, I don't know, five minutes at the table. Michael's all about that now. That's what it was just, that's why he's got a paint mixer and all kinds of goofy yeah. shit. Yeah, yeah. It's, but this is it. It's like, it's, it's put, just be smart with, with your time and your money. Like we, we had these big, big chats with people about, oh, what is airbrushing? Why do you like to do airbrushing? What's the benefit of airbrushing? And one of the coolest ones that someone brought up was, 
the value in the airbrush or, the, or a good airbrush is that it gives them their time back. It's that they have limited hobby time. They need to get shit done. If they know they can turn up to their desk, pull the gun out, start working with it, no dramas, finish up, finish up whatever the step is that evening and it's done, cleaned back on the thing, then they're going to get that project finished. So what it's giving to them is, is time, effectively, which is quite cool. I always thought it was just about being artsy-fartsy and spraying pretty colours and all the rest of it, but I think it made quite a lot of sense when that, that guy brought that up. Um, so the Infinity, yeah, the Infinity's just, the Infinity's the, the M series, the Skunk Works, the AMG, that type of, type of thing. Um, it, it, there is more potential with the Infinity. And it looks fucking awesome in the black, black and gold. Let's not, let's not uh, <laughs> gloss over, gloss <laughs> over that. It does look. It is the best looking airbrush you can buy. <laughs> no, no debate. Which is a nice coincidence. Okay, so as I understand, this airbrush, right now, I could go to China, and then I'm just going to try and like sell it to myself, and I'm going to sell it out yeah. loud. So everybody can hear. So I can go on eBay right now. I can pick myself up a, a $21 like little airbrush, right? And mm-hmm. this is going to be, and I've done this and I have, like I have two of these airbrushes. They, they came in like yeah, me little too. sets. Yeah. So I'll buy this $20 airbrush, right? It's going to probably have some inferior coating. I know this because after a while, mine started chipping off. My little silver started chipping off. Um, the needles are definitely not going to be something I can find <laughs> specifically for that airbrush. So as soon as that needle, I drop it one time and it hits the floor and it bends the needle, I'm going to have to perpetually start unbending this needle because there's no replacement I can get for it. Uh, the seals, which now I'm pretty, pretty abrasive with my airbrushes with different cleaners and stuff <laughs> like that. And so, so I feel like, the seals would probably go pretty quick on it, like if I were to do that. Mm-hmm. So, so I could realistically, you know, that wouldn't be a problem. That would be a problem because uh, then my my paints will start going back into my airbrush, which that's going to be an issue. Um, then let me see here. Looking at this one on eBay, it looks like it comes with a a, a point seven. So I probably have to probably have to look for a point five on eBay. Because that seems like a really fat, fat needle right there at point seven. I'm gonna be <laughs> not getting a lot of fine detail work. Uh, it looks like it's double action. I'm not sure what. I mean, it just looks like a standard airbrush trigger. So I'm guessing it's not gonna be for my comfort or anything like that. So I'll probably have old lady decrepitous hand uh, by the time I'm done <laughs> with it and all this stuff. And so. Looking at it from just strictly like cost perspective, like I can manage to probably get a frustratingly short painting session out of it over the course of like three to four months before I've officially just destroyed this thing. And Uh, develop a drug habit along the way. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Definitely develop some sort of uh, uh, opiate addiction to, (laughs) to calm both my nerves and my arthritic hands. Or I can go buy once, cry once, 
go straight, like not even looking at the Evo, go straight into the Infinity. You know, well, I could, okay, let's look at the Evo. Mm-hmm. I could go the Evo style cold because it's not actually an Evo. We have the Evo style cold paintbrush coming out. No, no, it is. It is an Evo. Okay, so it is just straight Evo. Okay, it's, so I go. It's an Evo. It's an evolution. Okay, so yeah, it's but it's got signature, signature series. Gotcha. Yeah, so I'm gonna go in there. Fancy parts and whatever. Yep. Yeah. Not only am I getting the Harder and Steinbeck, like Harder and Steinbeck, uh, like coated needles, so I don't have to worry about so much dry tip. Uh, I also get a superior coating on my airbrush, so I don't have to worry about it chipping or dying and rusting out eventually. Uh, then I also have this uh, multiple cup option, which lets me choose which level of. Uh, of paint I want to put into this guy. Then on top of that, I've got this uh, this quick release just built in there because I'm, I'm all about speed nowadays. I think we all know that. <laughs> I don't know why I'd ever remove this insanely nice airbrush off of my air compressor, but whatever. If I had to pop it off, I'd pop it off. I would then have this yeah you do know you do know why I'm gonna stop you right there. you took the class. Why do you why might you want to do that? Uh, I don't know. You've got a, let's say you've got a tank on your compressor. Why might you want to disconnect your airbrush from the airline? Oh, because you got to bleed it down. There you go. Okay, you're right. There we go. That's why I would disconnect it. Okay, that's fair. So, anyway. So I would, not only would I get a 0.4 needle, right? 0.4? Correct. I get a 0.4 needle, which is going to be designed specifically for the thing I'm doing and not airbrushing T-shirts. It is Mm -hmm. designed specifically for miniatures and things like that. And it's not insanely superior fine. It is like it is around about the best number for both ends of the spectrum. So this is like perfect down to the millimeter. Yeah, so, so okay. it's worth jumping. Sorry, Mike. It's worth jumping in on the needle thing there. Like people have got this misconception that the smaller the needle the nozzle is, the more fine they're going to be able to do their detail. And I, I don't quite know what people expect to be able to paint with their airbrush on their model. Whether people are trying to do the lenses on their Marines or things with it, it's, it's probably the wrong tool to be doing <laughs> that with. Um, but without going into the actual um what's the words without getting into the, the the design of the of the needle itself the new needle and how, how it how it achieves what it achieves but me and andy were playing around with the new obviously the new put the new point four that they've got um we were able to edge highlight with it would we no of course we fucking wouldn't right but could you yes so it's it's nothing to do with this nine times out of 10, you will get a a finer, more detailed result by improving your airbrush control than by buying a 0.2 or a 0.15 or or whatever needle nozzle. Now, if you do love a 0.2, these are still an evolution in infinity. So you can buy the 0.2 kit and just drop it in. So there's, you know, it's not uh, the reason the point falls on there is because this is our signature series brush. This is the what is our favorite airbrush to use. 
this is the setup that we like using. We can be 100% genuine when recommending it to people. Um, so, yeah, it's just worth looking at that with a needle. Okay. So now, now I have the proper needle for just general all-around use for my airbrush without, without uh, you know, and possibility to upgrade as well. I have the German-engineered seals that will not corrode and break down <laughs> on me. This honestly sounds like the airbrush I could pass down to my grandson yeah. in, you know, whenever, you know, whenever that happens. So, and then if it's just, you know, not even talking about the, the trigger that you guys put on it, which is like next level, I also get to have the option of upgrading to a much lighter version, which also has the stop the stop pegs for me for the mm. uh, for the different uh, the backstops for the the needle. And so this yeah. is definitely one of those situations of buy once, cry once. It sounds like. Yeah, it, you know, as I said, this isn't this isn't our product this is this cult of paint aren't making this brush this is harder and steambeck producing a, a signature series of brush so we're recommending it because this is what we use um i've i've been airbrushing now seven years eight years uh-huh. i've owned multiple airbrushes from the three most well-known brands i've also owned many many little cheap Chinese ones that I get with the air compressors I buy now and again. Um, I've bought brushes that were two, 300 pounds because I saw someone on YouTube recommend them, you know, and it's, you can end up spending a fucking fortune on airbrushing, right? But you just don't need to. And I hope that's one of the things that came across when you did the class was the, the idea of, some things are worth the money, right? Yes. And yes. In, in my opinion, the stuff that's worth the money is the stuff that's going to, it's going to one, increase your enjoyment, or not even so much increase your enjoyment. That's important, but it's, it'll decrease the frustration with whatever you're doing. So buy the product that, you know, let, let's go back to the big evil, right, G-Dub. That little painting handle butt plug thing they do. Yes. <laughs> It's fucking great, man. It's five pounds, right? If if I had a really nasty issue with uh, RSI uh, two years ago and nearly thought I'd have to stop doing the hobby, and it made me completely readdress my whole posture at my desk. How I, and I always just used to pinch, used to, used to hold the miniature in my hand. So then started putting it on a cork or using a holder and using things like that. So is that an investment worthwhile? Yes, it is. Could I just stick it on a cork? Yes, of course I could just stick it on a cork and glue it to a penny, but. For five fucking pounds, you know, I, I don't think I wouldn't begrudge anyone buying the little butt plug, right? It's a great thing. But do I think you need to own 17 different size GW Artificer brushes? No, you could probably spend your money more wisely elsewhere. Um, so it's the same with, with the airbrush. Yes, you could go and buy yourself a, I don't know, a, a 60, 70 pound starter brush, okay, people call it. But again, a couple of things is going to happen. One, it's going to break, it's going to clog, you're going to quit. Okay? Two, you'll love it, but it will perish after a year, so you'll just buy another one. Well, now you're already up to the price you could have spent on an Evo or whatever, right? 
Or three, you're going to do it, you're going to hate it, sell it, and you'll make 90% of what you bought it for back anyway. So it's it's one of those things where I just think we don't need to be spending $500 on, a, on an airbrush for our hobby. We just don't. But is it worth spending a little bit more than the very cheapest? Yes, it 100% is. It's, I, I don't know what the terminology is, but it's... Diminishing returns. Yeah, the opposite of that, yeah. I like how you said it's not a starter brush like uh, like Dennis does in uh, Always Sunny in Philadelphia when he's trying to sell his his Forerunner or whatever. He says, this is not a starter brush. This is a finisher brush. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like you, you saying about the, the little Chinese airbrush. It's like, could I could I use one to paint a rhino with? Yeah, I probably could, right? But I, I've got thousands and thousands of hours of of airbrushing practice. It's not because I've got some fucking God-given talent or anything. I certainly have not, but it's practice. And if you've got a machine that you enjoy practicing with, you're going to get better at it. But would I get there way quicker <laughs> with a different brush? Yes, I certainly would. You know, And therefore, I'm not going to recommend someone buys that cheap shitty brush it's like um fuck who was it you had on on one of the painting episodes was it james wapple who talks about using like shitty little dollar brushes yeah yes right yes, it was and they do so <laughs> batman is an in- incredible incredible painter 100 percent. go and check out what he does it's amazing but just because jim wapple can paint with a dollar brush doesn't necessarily mean that will work for you and I, th- I think it's the same with other certain certain products. No, you don't need to be buying the fucking $500 brush. But will you enjoy yourself and stick at your hobby a bit more if you, you use a decent bit of kit? Yeah, 100%. <laughs> oh, what a good analogy because God damn, those Walmart brushes just screw <laughs> up my life for a little bit there. <laughs> Could you? Yeah. Anyway, so very cool, man. But you guys, uh, you guys had a chance to have a play around with it on camp, didn't you? Both, I think. We yeah, I had both of them. We just gotta hold it in our hand and kind of caress it. Yeah, play around with it, but not actually spray anything through it. Do that sexy photo shoot with them. Yeah, spray the like, uh, pull the trigger, everything like that. I'm, I'm, I'm really looking forward to all the things that it promises and everything like that, and uh, definitely want to do a, a review man like I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to this thing especially as somebody who's like like i i hear all of these professional airbrushers talk about it like because all the people that you guys send it out to all these professional airbrushers they speak so highly of it and i know they're not gonna lead me astray or anything like that but i'm i'm very curious it's like you know i'm not a race car driver i, I can't just go buy a race car i feel like mm. but i feel like this could be like you know, a, a GTR with the, uh, with, with the uh, La Launch control, you know, like I feel like a hundred percent. Like yeah, in my, in my, that in my is room. really, that is really important. Like it's yes, we've, we've sent a few brushes out to some friends of ours that are well-known painters and, and very accomplished painters. We've also sent the brushes out to guys that are, you know, commission painters or, or, st- or army painters, even a few of them. It's it's just get this whole nonsense idea of the elite airbrush thing out, out of your mind, right? 
you everyone shits through their arse, all right? Yep. So you can, most most people, most people, you know, you don't be afraid of using a decent airbrush. Don't, don't have this idea of, oh, I'll get a good one when I'm good. It's not going to happen. All right. Commit to it. If you're serious about, in my opinion, if you're serious about getting value out of the hobby, Mm. get yourself a decent paint set up. Yes, it's a lot easier to get good when you have shit that will help you get yeah. good. Yeah, and we're not talking like all the gear, no idea. You know, I'm not, I'm not talking about you sat there head to toe in Harder and Steenbeck clothing and, you know, every every cost conceivable add-on to your 500-pound high-end airbrush. That's, that's not what we're talking about. I get it, dude. If you tell me it's going to work for me, I don't even shake my own paint anymore. Let alone, yeah. <laughs> I get it. Dude. I'm all about the gear. That paint <laughs> shaker is amazing. <laughs> if it's the way to go, then. Man, Michael triggered some people doing the chocolate milk. But anyway, really, really, did I? <laughs> Just made me hungry. That one guy was like. Oh, beating a dead horse here, ain't we? Like he was just getting mad at Michael <laughs> about using his paint mixer. Oh, I'm sorry, I use science <laughs> to <laughs> mix my paint for me. I'm sorry that we use an invention. To... Oh, I'm sorry, I had a sorry, I had a good time and enjoyed myself and wanted to share. <laughs> I'll take it down. Fuck. I'll take it down. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, man, the um, so yeah, the the Kickstarter drops on. Uh, Wednesday, the twenty. When's the twenty fourth? Yeah, Wednesday, twenty fourth. I believe it's going to run for a month. Um, as I say, when it's when it's done, it's done. If it's successful, they'll go straight out to you. Um, when the campaign comes out, me and Andy have filmed quite a lot of stuff for Harder. They'll they'll come out with the campaign about the brushes. We're also going to do at least one live Q and A, probably on our Facebook page. I don't know if you can do it on Insta. If on Insta, we might do it on there as well. Um, so we'll do questions in advance and we'll cover those, but we'll also do live questions with it. Um, but we're also, we're on hand to answer stuff about it during the campaign. Um, don't feel that you can't shoot us a, you know, a PM or, or just post on one of the pages. Just ask about it. We, there's nothing we need to be secret about with, with these brushes we're quite happy to sort of go through why we like them and why we use them and why we recommend them. Um, and if you really want, you can see my two super filthy evolution and infinities that I've been using for many years now. Um, so yeah, it's, it's just, it's a very, very exciting opportunity, I guess that we've been given that, that harder looking at going, Hmm, wonder if these war gamers really are worth giving a bit of attention to um yeah. and it's up to us to say fuck yes we are and should it be successful then we then have a direct line to one of the biggest airbrush producers that we can then start feeding stuff back from the classes from people telling us stuff we can feed it back to them we can get more things in the future which hopefully means everyone ups their game so ideally you know we're in a position where Airbrushing really is just about to take off for our hobby in particular. Um, and it, it would be lovely to be able to facilitate that. I honestly can't even think of somebody else who's a bigger like 
demographic of people that uses airbrushes to be honest with you like i know like off the top of my head if i were to think of like everybody i know in this hobby immediately like i think probably 80 percent of them have airbrushes i think mostly everybody in this hobby has airbrushes i can't think of any other like like i think of maybe maybe bakers that are like really good at their jobs have them but like, how many of those are them? Uh, they surely don't outnumber us. Oh, even just of wolves howling at the moon. They don't make themselves. <laughs> even uh, people that work at Kroger use airbrushing for cakes. Oh, okay, mm. that's fair. You know, you got you got guys that touch up photos. You know, it's 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 it's, it's a huge. Um, it was pretty cool walking around the factory over in Germany. Like they've got like their original like nickel plated. Like airbrushes from I don't know what it would have been the twenties, thirties, something like that, maybe. Um, sort of see where it's where it's where it's come from. Did you see people that airbrush photos? You think that's still a job? Like there's still like that dude who did the JFK like or the, yeah, 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 the no, moon it's, landing it's, photos. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's more restoration. Go, well, going full circle, it's more like restoration stuff. Okay, there's like eleven of those guys in the world. Count them. They get their own airbrush. <laughs> Who else? I also else wonder if it's a little if it's a little bit skewed in that I know Ryan hates when we we talk about the hobby and a lot of the time actually we what we mean is thirty k, but that's why the majority of us have have met. And I think it, if you just divide up the GW hobby, I, I suspect the percentage of thirty k hobbyists that use an airbrush is miles in front of fantasy guys or 40k guys or epic or blood bowl or whatever anything like that so i think i might skew it slightly um all right well, but we we, we, we just need to get yeah and and dust as well you've got a lot of guys playing dust haven't you are coming over from um, they don't paint anything i never <laughs> painted dust other than michael's of mine <laughs> we're officially above that now um <laughs> But we need to paint up the massive, uh, massive mechs. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna print you one of your choice, Henry. Whenever get I get me one of them motherfuckers out. over here. Well, I, I want to see, I want to see what, what how Gray's uh, storyline develops and whether we can see that rifleman more, because um, that's tempting. They um, have a rifleman. Just Justin can just go fuck himself. I've had enough of him now. He's <laughs> he to to break my heart in like a page. Um. Yeah. Done. Done with him. So don't want to do his. Uh, and he seems to jump in a different mech every time. Anyway. Well, when he gets to Solaris, he gets his like signature mech, which is a Centurion called Yin uh, Yin Lo Lang. Kai oh, okay. Oh, no, I'm at. I'm at. I'm at that bit. Stop. Don't talk about it. <laughs> he, he's only read the first book, Scott. You'll ruin it if you start talking about other things. Okay. No but that's not here. who we're talking about. Go yeah, go go read the first Battletech novel. It's a really fun book. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Michael's like, yeah, okay, because Michael doesn't read. I don't read unless somebody. I have to. Reading somebody has to nerds. read it to me. I don't even shake my own paints, let alone read. Come on. <laughs> Come on, people. <laughs> so, but, um, was yeah. there any other any other questions at all about? about the brush i guess because it's quite good to have you guys like just fire stuff and quite happy to answer anything if there's anything i missed my favorite part about it when i held it was the ambidextrous trigger 
And like I'm oh, yeah, yeah, I yeah. Like to maintain a level of kind of like inward tension and pressure on on the trigger just to help myself control it a little more. Like you could so That's exactly squeeze, it. Yeah. That's exactly the point, man. Oh, that's so good. Finally. Not finally, but that's so good to hear someone say that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we thought that rare, you, you never but... you never come at it, do you like straight down the brush? You're always coming at that no. angle, right? Yeah. Yes, yeah. Hello? Right. I feel like I cut you off there, Scott. Sorry. No, you're fine. Sorry, bud. Yeah, it uh that's why I really like it. No one presses directly straight down. Even if you did, that would be very uncomfortable for your your finger. And that one really allows you to kind of apply that inward pressure. It's mm-hmm. ambidextrous, so if you're wrong handed like me, all you gotta do is pop it out, flip it over, and yeah. throw it back. Yeah. yeah, I mean Eugene Stoner makes Scott catch brass in the face, but yeah. old Henry Design that trigger. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Henry. You did be a solid. I, I, can, I can heat up like a bucket of triggers and just throw them down your shirt when you're, yeah. when you're, when you're hating, if that would make you feel better. <laughs> Perfect. All right. So, anyway. Uh, and now, here's a thing that I, I do want to ask. And it might be almost disrespectful at this point to ask, but I feel like if I don't, I've grown really fond of this high roller trigger that I've been using. (laughs) Is, is there an option for this, for the, for the airbrush? So the trigger, the trigger itself, the way the, the asymmetrical design, what it's allowing you is it's, three different people and tons of different people can use the trigger and they can find the contact points that they want on the trigger. So those of you that that find having that higher, further out lever point, you can use the higher end of the trigger. Those of you that prefer the lower down, you've got the lower end and then you've got the rest of it as contact points to help secure your finger while it's on there. So you're not, you're you're always going to have loads of your finger in, in contact with the trigger. But the, as I said, the infinity does come with the taller trigger as well. So it, it's to accentuate that. So like the high, the high roller idea, you've got the higher stem on the, um, on the infinity as well, simply because the whole point of that infinity is pushing that level of control of feedback way, 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 way higher, higher than most people are ever going to bother using. Okay. But if you dig your airbrushing, it's immense. Right, it's absolutely immense. Well, perfect. Okay. I'm absolutely sold then. I'm done. I have no more questions. Send me an address. <laughs> Do you want my credit card number? Okay. Okay. Yeah, I, I took it four, while seven, I was four, over four. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> over the air. I've already scanned that. That's fine. Is... Yeah. Well, all right, Henry, man. I know that it is probably two in the morning now over there yeah. in the other side of the world. You don't world want to stay on and do hobby progress and listen to voicemails? <laughs> I, I, I can, but I, I, I think maybe get out while I'm not a dribbling mess might be, might be the, uh, <laughs> the, 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 better, the better discretion, the better part of Valor and all Uh-oh. that. Yeah? You're going to miss my hobby progress on all my Battletech books I've read that are really good. <laughs> you motherfucker. <laughs> my, my hobby progress for the last, what, month now? I painted those Titan crew for the raffle. Um... Congrats to Freddie and the boys again on that. And that's been it. The rest of my hobby has been 
God knows how many hour days becoming a miniatures producer and moving house. So there you go. Done. All right, Henry. Well, we will let you go to bed. So jealous. Jealous of you boys. So I look forward to, and it means I can listen to the episode as well. Yeah, there you go. Well, fast forward through this bollocks, but then get to the, get to the juicy stuff. Rock and roll. Appreciate you coming on, Henry. And nah, thanks ever so much, man. I do want to bring up before you go that you're now our hobby master in chief for Heresy Camp. Oh, dude, I cannot fucking wait for Hobby Camp next year. It's going to be immense. Very, very excited. Now, the thing is, talking about edging like you were before we started, Ryan, we've got to try and maintain this for ten, 10 months now. Well, I, I'll, I'll announce right now while you're on here, we have the deposit money. Woo-hoo. We have it. So it's Sunday. Tomorrow, I will call Vanessa down there and get a meeting set up to turn the money over to them and then book a date. So we should actually have a date next week. Amazing. And we've got some very exciting plans for the uh, hobby element of that camp. Yes. Are you sure Prepare do? your bodies. Prepare your yeah, bodies. Man. So yeah, thanks ever so much, boys. I really, really do appreciate the support with this. So um, yeah, man, just if you want to check out 24th, uh, I'm sure... Michael will stick the link up on the on the show notes anyway and stuff. Um, but yeah, Cole will pay on Instagram or Facebook and we'll be plastering it all over the fucking internet. You'll be sick of it very soon. Um, but we're super excited about it. So yeah, thanks. No problem. Thank you, Henry. Have a good one, Henry. Take it easy, boys. Bye. Bye. Okay. We had to see old Henry off and tell some tasteless jokes so he could sleep well tonight uh but yeah now we are back let's go ahead and move over to some hobby progress what have you boys been working on what have you been working on fellas who wants to start dude i spent a fucking bunch of money i can tell you that (laughs) that's my hobby progress so i uh just so everyone's know i'm not like getting out of heresy or anything i sold one of four armies i have one and it you know, if I sell something, it's usually so I could fund future projects and whatever. And there's a company called Hardware Studios, is spelled exactly like it sounds. They make city blocks and like very detailed skyscrapers and stuff in six millimeter scale. I'm going to build like, not like, oh, this is a small little table with some city terrain. Like, I'm building a fully functioning, like, section of a city with an industrial sector and apartment buildings and all this shit and little gardens with i got a bunch of fucking trees i'm gonna plant on it it's it's uh it's gonna be fucking awesome man so i bought a shitload of that and it is on the way we're gonna build a nakatomi plaza that's in miniature and throw a little bitty hans gruber off the top that's right Fucking take this, six millimeter Hans Gruber, you bastard. <laughs> you just go, tink, a <laughs> little of a flick. Tink. Got him. Yippee-ki-yay, Every Christmas, y'all are going to go to the hobby bar and flick a little Hans Gruber off of the Nagatomi Plaza. Right. <laughs> I'm going to shoot fucking Scott's vulture's head off with my Warhammer and then go, and the quarterback is toast. <laughs> <laughs> So there's that. I ordered a new um 
another giant mech. Like I have that uh, 28 mil vulture. I got a 28 mil Hellbringer on the way. So as soon as I get hit, gets here, I'll freaking paint that fucker up. But that's about it, man. Just a lot of battle what? tech shit. You ordered a Loki? You're doing a 28 millimeter Loki? Yeah, bro. Hey, man. Fucking keeping it real. All right, I'm down for the set. I love the way that I thing will looks. taste those I know, sweet, sweet, salty clam tears when I kill that is. thing over and over and over again with its fucking tissue paper armor. Where, where are you guys is. getting these goddamn giant ass mechs? Like, where, where is like, is it secret or is there some place? No, that... no, no, no. Uh, it's just people we know with 3D printers, man. You buy the files off GameBody and then you just have anybody that has a 3D printer that's willing to print it for you. Yeah, is that, is that what you've some... been doing? Yeah. So like, that's why like, I said you should be doing this for us, but you're a bad friend, so we gotta go elsewhere. Yeah. Bad <laughs> friend, no way. bad friend Michael. There's no way that my resin 3D printer, it would be like a thousand dollar fucking mech coming out of it. <laughs> but anyway, that's why I bought this uh, printer that John Stanford recommended, and he's getting the same one. And he's going to kind of walk me through it. I haven't even opened mine up yet because I've been so fucking busy doing the Battle Barn thing and all these events. And my basement is destroyed. I could walk around with the camera and you guys would laugh. It looks like a bomb went off down here. Um, so I, my goal this week is literally just to get my basement cleaned. Like The plan was to come back from all this and the barn be done and be able to put it in the barn. Well, that shit got delayed because contractors... So now I have to unpack everything and make my fucking basement nice. And then when the barn's done, you know, move it over there at that point. Well, I don't know what to say right now. Besides, I'm a little bit. um, I want this. I want to paint this Kodiak. I want to paint a 28 millimeter scale Kodiak like more than anything. You want me to order you one? I'll order you one. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I do. We'll get you one order sent straight to your house. Yeah. Tell me what the price is. It's a big stompy fucker, man. Get it. I yeah. I just want to paint it. I got so, a but, I got a I got a I got a one sixtieth scale uh Argus on the way. And they don't even make that on Game Body. I had some fucking guy take his little bitty model that he custom designed, like it's his own custom three D model. And he inflated it to 160th scale for me. And then I've met another guy that will make me and Scott any custom decals we want for 160th scale. And he's yeah. already hooked us up. Michael, I don't know if you know this, but we don't, between me and Ryan, we do not uh, what you would call fuck around at all. <laughs> all right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're fucking building a building and painting the floor to have like a 30 by 20 some foot playing surface just to play 160 scale Battletech on. So here's the thing, dude. Here's 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 what's good going on. I cannot not airbrush anything right now. Like I have been finding shit to airbrush until like just I'm like inventing projects just so that I can attack them with an airbrush because I'm having so much fun doing it. Uh I actually told my dad today because he had this giant wooden redfish that he had cut out, and I looked up how to airbrush lures, and I'm gonna make I'm gonna airbrush this like giant redfish to look like a like a like a taxidermy redfish. It's just a wooden redfish, so it 
If you guys can just get this dude printed up, I would love to paint it and own it. I don't. I guess I'd bring yep. it to the Battle Barn. I just donate yep. it to the Battle oh, Barn, but I want to yep. paint it up so bad. And like we'll digicam, blue digicam. We'll get you one. Perfect. Hey, I have blue, blue digicam stencils right here. Funny enough. Oh yeah. So yeah, I didn't know that you were just like knew some dude and was paying him to print this shit. Yep. <laughs> Bro. Just how we roll now. <laughs> Alright. So anyway. Scott, back on to you. What what have you been working on, man? Finish up what you were working on. So I uh I finished I well I painted like my very first armored company for what are gonna be my third Larian guards and I put those on Battletech International. Want to go check them out? They're like this is normal. This is the what this quote unquote six millimeter scale, but it's not. It's really bigger. Yeah, yeah. This scale's not exact, but took some pictures of that and threw that up there. And dude, I'm still pretty overwhelmed how welcoming and like nice and positive everyone has been because I don't know shit about Battletech really. I'm very very new to this. Like I know how to paint, you know, semi well, and I that's about it. That's all I really have going into this but everyone's been cool as fuck and got a lot of good feedback on that i based the camo off of a finnish mo5 camo which is what like their military currently uses in isaf operations like anything operation enduring freedom and uh and put some like blue and white accents that are more typical of your standard like house diner Lyran guard sort of stuff um did that and that is about it man i'm just and waiting you bought the big drop ship yeah yeah the hardware studios fucking second shout out of this episode dude they sell it's called a monitor on there but it looks suspiciously close to a, a union class drop ship which is yeah it's very, almost like they just made a union and gave it a different name so they don't get sued it's kind of like that yeah. kind of like that and uh this is a very iconic thing for the Battletech universe, kind of like a Thunderhawk is for 40K or something like that. It's fucking huge. And I'm going to paint it up and set it on the table for terrain and just let it look and be fucking awesome. So, I, dude, it's so weird because I never used to give a fuck about painting terrain or extra shit. Like, I always like to paint, you know, my models and stuff as best I could, but I wasn't super into, like, any of the periphery you know, hobby kind of outlets. And now I've bought, I've bought all these little bushes and stuff to make little hedges. And I know how I'm going to cut them. And I'm fucking looking into LED lighting up my apartment complexes. I don't know, man. I'm losing my fucking mind, but in the best <laughs> way possible. So I know at some point I got to include a cafe so that those guys in the morning they can get their drinks and their lattes. Yeah. Man. And I know I have to put yeah, that I'm, in between man. their. <laughs> We also, me and Scott, also both checked out that Embers of War book. I listened to it, and you've listened to it. Yeah, Michael. So you're a fucking audiobook fan. Check out Embers of War. It's available on iTunes, and it's like a Battletech one. And it's you don't have to know a lot about the story, really, to enjoy this. It's and pretty it's, standalone. Yeah, it's very fucking good. Like it's actually the latest novel, I believe, in the Biotech universe. Yep. It's not like all 1980s out, like some of them are. They're a little bit older. This one is very recent. It 
badass, very enjoyable. So maybe listen to that bitch. It's called Embers of War or the Ember of War. Embers of Embers War. Embers of War. Nah, it's not an audible. I can't recommend it enough, though. It's fun. go to Amazon and it's the Audible edition. Amazon, it's on Amazon, but it's the Audible edition. Should be like twelve bucks. Yep. Yep. It's, it's pretty. It's, it's either eleven ninety nine or fourteen ninety nine. I don't remember. Oh, here it is. BattleTech Embers of War. Yep. Yeah. That's it. Boom. Sixteen ninety five or one credit, ten hours, and Whisper Sync ready. Yep. Look, if you need something to like get your get your hobby juices going, that's what I would listen to. Yep, there you go. I'm not gonna lie, I went back and listened to uh, Lore Warrior fucking Starlink thing for the third time. Oh yeah, I'm fucking. Oh gosh, man. <laughs> Dude, I have some kind of weird unhealthy attachment to that man now. <laughs> like, we need to get I'm him like, on. Let's get yeah. let's let's get him on here. I bet he'd come on. With his you fucking know, Northern England accent. Yeah, he knows like tabletop wargaming shit too. He talks about it all the time and like yeah. Like, play Let's videos. get to know him. Let's just hit him up and be like, hey, bro, Listen. we'll give you like we'll give you money because I want to give him money to his patron anyway because he's got a patron yeah. I want to give him money to, and I'll be like, look, I don't care about that video game shit you do. That's fine. That's all well and good what you do with your own time, but here is I don't know. Here's a hundred fucking American fat ones, but all this money. <laughs> has to go to the lore warrior series i don't give a fuck about this uh you know how you play a fucking urban mech in mech warrior online all right i don't care about that give me some more lore warrior. <laughs> don't need you to crank out the lore warrior though yeah <laughs> do y'all know this guy's name no no he's the lore warrior that's all we know critical yeah, rock all you need to know pretty much as far as yeah. i'm concerned yeah that's did all you... i need to know about him did you need i'm not even gonna get... don't even yeah, we need you to get in contact. We need this guy. Yeah, dude. We're only gonna oh, we're gonna call him Mister Lore Warrior when he's on here. We're not even gonna call him, even if we know his name. We're not using it. Yeah, it'll always be Lore Warrior to me. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I'm on it, boys. I reach out. <laughs> I'll <Yep>. reach out. <laughs> um, what else you got, Scott? What else you done? That's it. That's all I got, man. Did you put pictures of your uh, your Lyrans up on our Facebook? No, I'll do that. I'll yeah, do that now. Do that. And then I got can see them. our uh, our overseas benefactor has me some more hobby goodies coming, so be prepared. Did so you put fun. your uh, blood asp up? I don't think I put. I'll put all of that up in like a photo dump. Yeah, he painted this blood asp. It's one of the cooler looking mechs in BattleTech, yeah, probably. Pretty sweet. Yeah. It's pretty rad. Sergey got mad at you that you didn't put the other foot on the base. He was like, if he'd done this, the foot would have been on the base. It was pretty funny. I liked it. I, I like it that it kind of looks like he's walking off of it and coming after you. Yeah. I'm like, fuck yeah. <laughs> I'm all set on that thing coming after me, just so you know. Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> I'm good, man. You're, that's a gross use of excessive force to fuck you. <laughs> Um, so my hobby progress is, uh, they got the footers poured on the barn. Did we talk about that yet? I think we talked about that Wednesday, right? That the footers were done. I believe so. Michael. 
Okay. Yeah. So they're dro- they drop the they drop the block off to block up the foundation. And the builder came out today and confirmed where the doors and windows and stuff like that'll be. And uh, the geothermal guy came out and we talked about where the loop would go and drew the little blueprint for that. And I got to stop and go get some pipe tomorrow to cut up for the pass through for the loop to come through the foundation into the the actual building. Uh, I wrote my builder a giant ass check, biggest check I've ever written, I think. That's I signed my name to, so that was a new experience. It's a lot of zeros on there that I'm not used to. Uh, what else? Uh, my mechs should be showing up from our buddy that Scott got the blood asp from. Uh, I got a whole bunch of shit. I don't even remember what I ordered. I just was like, this looks cool. I want this. I want four of this. A bunch of this. So... I got all that coming in um, for the one sixtieth scale stuff. I went cause I'm wanting, I'm going to print that Thunderbolt probably the first one I print cause I already bought the file for it. I want to turn it into the nine uh, NAIS version for the Davians. So the thing with that one is it's got the rotary auto cannon on the right arm. Fucking gun. I know you love that. Rotary yeah. Gun. I love the rack five. So uh, I mean, what's, like it's a hundred and five millimeter chain gun. How can you not like it? Ooh, Jesus, titty <laughs> fuck, man. <laughs> that is terrifying. Uh, so anyway, yeah, I got a. Uh, so what I did because the mech doesn't come with it, obviously. I went to uh, what is that? Dream Forge, the people who make their like own little night guys that look kind of weird. You know what I'm talking about, Michael? Dream Forge miniatures. Mm. They no. were the first one. They actually they came out with a thing that looked like a knight before the knights oh, came out. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking the about. The Leviathans yeah. or whatever the fuck they're called. Yeah. So they make those Leviathan things in 15 millimeter scale and then 28 millimeter scale, and they yeah. make a chain gun arm for those things. So I bought one in 28 mil and I bought one in 15 millimeter. And when I get my Thunderbolt printed up, I'll see which one scales the best. And I'll convert uh, the their arm to fit onto the arm of this Thunderbolt, make it look cool. Um, and I'm gonna try to put a big like ammo box on its back and have a big fucking belt-fed line of ammo going down to the the rack five or something like that, where it looks pretty cool. And then the other thing I have to do that's crazy. So the Thunderbolt's head is offset. It's like set to one side of the torso and then it has a missile launcher on the other side and it's very iconic looking. For whatever reason, the 9 NAIS version, the head is on the other side and the missile launcher is opposite. So I'm going to have to print this thing and then cut its head off and then cut the missile launcher off and make it swap sides up top to, to actually match what it's supposed to look like and then rig this big chain gun up on the right arm and then try to rig a backpack. So it's the only one I really have to convert. All the other mechs, I basically just have to print up, and then they're good. Sounds simple enough. I'm going to have to have So you... that's the other thing I was going to ask you, Michael. Is there a way... So say we got these files. Is there a way to switch the head and the missile launcher like in the file? Is that a <laughs> thing? 
Uh, I mean, it's possible to cut it up and start doing anything, but I don't think that they're, unless they're separate actual pieces. I mean, there is a way to edit the, like. Okay, here's a question for you. Can you, if you had a file for the torso, right, is there a simple way just to print a mirror image of it? Yeah, for sure. Okay, so what I'll do is I'll just print the normal torso, and then I'll print a mirror image of it, and then I'll just remove the top off each one and just swap the tops. Because it should just be like a block. Sounds good. Okay, you'll have to help me with that, or John can. I'll just have to take another extra 20 hours to print a torso, because the torso is like this big fucking (laughs) It is quite large. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But, uh... So, what else I did? Did that? I read uh, three or four BattleTech books. Um, my favorite one, which I was talking to Henry about, was uh, Bread for War. It's a super fucking good book. The only problem with it is, is not standalone at all. Like if you just jumped into Bread for War, you would be totally goddamn lost on what the hell's going on. You'd be like, "What? Who are all these characters? Why are they mad at each other?" What is going on here? Oh, fuck. So, it is like the most... So, this is kind of funny, too, because people... And and I've kind of grown to start joking about this when people bring it up. So, if you talk to somebody who's really into Battletech and they try to convince you to read the books or why they like the fluff, now that Game of Thrones is super popular, they'll typically tell you that Battletech is Game of Thrones in space, right? But the thing is, Battletech's older than Game of Thrones. So technically, Game of Thrones is Battletech with wizards and shit in olden times. <laughs> Bows and arrows and titties. But yeah, <laughs> there's titties in Battletech. There's plenty of titties in Battletech. It's not <laughs> as bad, but um, but uh, so basically, Bread for War is after the clan invasion happens and after the truce has been called, and it's basically five years into the truce. And it's right at the start of the Civil War, where uh, Victor's sister Katrina starts like pulling moves to separate the Lyran Alliance back out of the Federated Commonwealth, where they become two nations again. And where Victor and Thomas Merrick kind of have a little bit of a falling out over Thomas Merrick's son for reasons. And... Because Thomas Merrick is helping make war materials for Victor so that Victor can fight the clans. So he's got to keep him happy. And he's treating his son because his son has leukemia and some shit happens where things don't work out real good and Thomas Merrick gets pissed at him. And at the same time, Thomas Merrick has a daughter who's kind of like rebellious and shit, doesn't really like her dad. Um, And she is pledged herself to marry Sun Tzu Liao and Thomas is worried that his son will die from leukemia and then Isis will become the heir and then Isis will marry Sung Tzu and Sung Tzu will essentially rule the Federated Commonwealth when Thomas dies instead of Americ. They'll basically be giving their kingdom over to this other rival kingdom just through marriage. So the whole thing is, and, and the whole time this is going on, it's also talks about remember how we you don't we don't really know like me and you we like why are there two clan wolves why is there just clan wolf and exile why is there yep. normal clan wolf and all the shit this book explains all that so 
at the same time that all this political intrigue is going on in the inner sphere, the uh, Clan Wolf and Clan Jade Falcon fight this thing called the War of Refusal, where in the Clan Wolf, in Clan Wolf, there's Wardens and Crusaders, and they basically have a final showdown in like their their clan council. That's like this political showdown. And they try to uh, fuck over the clan wolf main guy, who's currently the Ilkhan of all clans, uh, Ulrich. And they try to like politically outmaneuver him. And it basically comes to a head where they have to fight this big fucking war with the Jade Falcons. I'm not going to get into all of it, but it's like this big grueling thing. And it's all like political and shit. And it basically changes the entire landscape of the clan. So all this book is basically like, if you like game of Thrones type shit, where like main characters fucking die off. And there's all this like political intrigue and all this crazy shit. This is definitely the book for you. But the problem is you got to read several other books to get up to this point to understand what the fuck's going on. I, uh, you lost me, but all right, cool. I'm going <laughs> to go ahead and listen to this one thing and see <laughs> see where it takes me. So the Empress next book is good too. <laughs> the next book in the series is this book called I Am Jade Falcon, which kind of tells the story. It's almost the same story but from the Jade Falcon's perspective instead of from the Clan Wolf perspective. So it's almost like uh if you're familiar with 30K as most of our listeners are, how they did Prospero Burns and uh, What's the other one? A Thousand Sons? Is yes. that it? Yes. Where it's basically the same timeline, just from different perspectives. That's kind of what this is. Makes sense. Gotcha. So, okay. I read read all those books. Um, and then I finally got all my shit moved around from the garage into the basement. And I started sorting through it. And I've been selling off all this extra bullshit I have, which is honestly taking way more time than I thought it would. Like, turns out, like, trying to sell things and take a million photographs and negotiate with people and fielding, like, tons of stupid fucking offers. Like, people that just, like, ridiculously lowball you on shit. Yeah, <laughs> now, I know your army looks time. nice, but hear me out here, okay? Yeah. <laughs> I got this very nice basket of seashells I picked up. <laughs> <laughs> I got a fucking basket of seashell story because I still have that thing in my house and Michael's going to love this story. But anyway, so that's been eating up a lot of time, but I finally pretty much have all the big shit sold. I've sold my blood angels, I've sold my salamanders, and I've sold my works. So uh, that's how we've gotten a lot of the money for the heresy camp deposit, which is good. Uh, so all that's gone. So now I just have like some little odds and ends shit. I got some old Warhammer Quest shit, some Battlefleet Gothic shit. And um, what else? I don't know. It's not important. But I, I just have some odds and ends shit, not a whole bunch of crazy stuff that if I don't like rush it or get around to it. Because I was trying to get all this big shit sold to get money for camp. Now that we've hit the camp goal, I can slow down and do it on my own speed. Why are you giving me the finger guns, Michael? Oh, just check y'all's phone. And then, uh, you know, you'll you'll know. You'll know exactly what happened. But no, I'm really happy that you uh, you got all that taken care of, dude. Like that's a uh, that's really really perfect one. So yeah, man, I'm I'm kind of looking forward to uh, Henry being the the hobby maestro over at, at 
at Camp Wargame or Wargamer Camp or Wargames Camp, whatever that name is. Yeah, we'll figure. We got to figure out a name because we're gonna have to start selling fucking tickets soon once we get a date. Michael's yeah. laying down a bass note with his microphone springs. Sorry, didn't mean to. <laughs> I immediately regretted doing that as soon as I did it. <laughs> I was too busy. So anyway, yeah, people that's on the internet and shit. I I basically <laughs> kind of went over my hobby progress because we recorded Wednesday. We're doing like almost back to back episodes just because of. I was busy with Michigan GT, but I'm hoping that I can get my basement cleaned next week and then actually get some paint on some of my, uh, more of my mercenary mechs, which would be fucking awesome. Fuck yes. Do it. Because I got to get some shit painted for this campaign that me and Scott are going to do that Chris Duncan's going to run for us. Yep. I need to get you guys to come back down here, man. We need another fucking Joella's mandate. Yeah. And we can hang out with our Venezuelan life partner. That's right. Our fucking handsome Latino friend we have now. Yeah. We love you, Eric. Love you, Eric. <laughs> All right. Cool. Uh, so my hobby progress about them apples. Uh, so last week, man, we were talking about my paint mixer and we were making like chocolate milk with it. And I told you guys how... Uh, I ordered a Vortex mixer on the interwebs for like $27. And guess what? I found out that the lady that I ordered it from, she gets a lot of them. And so I pretty much just put her on notify. And every time she posts one up, I'm just going to buy it. So it will never, you will, none of you will ever get a cheap paint mixer. You'll have to go through me. And I'm going to shut it all down because I found out that. <laughs> uh, they're they're not too hard to actually take apart and clean. I got mine in on Friday, yanked it apart, used some isopropyl alcohol, cleaned up the contacts, got everything clean on the inside, killed a baby uh, spider that was inside of it that I'm assuming is uh, somehow like not native to my state. Because I've never seen this spider before, <laughs> and uh, hoping that it didn't drop its eggs, uh, but cleaned all that out on the inside, gave it a good scrub down, and gave it a once over with uh, with some orange high gloss spray paint, and uh, just made it look good all around, and just cleaned it up, and uh, did that on Friday as soon as I got home, and I'm gonna f- go ahead and send that over to Ryan. And uh, once I start getting more in, I'm just gonna slowly start sending them to all my friends and. <laughs> You will all get to enjoy, and we'll all be paint mixer <laughs> snobs. You know, we'll just like, we'll, we'll all our hands will be soft and our elbows will be safe, and it'll just gonna be great. So, uh, <laughs> vortex mixers, man. If you do happen to find one on eBay, man, they do. Uh, there's a hype right now. Unfortunately, it's like people broke it all down, realized what they can do, and so they're going to eBay and they're buying the shit out of them. And so there's a hype right now. You're not going to find them cheap, but it's cool. And it was a fun project for me to go ahead and do that. Uh, On the same token, uh, what else did I do? I painted up a... Well, I saved a Lehman Russ. I had a Lehman Russ that was here that was, like, primed very heavy green, and it had the old sponsons. It had the old version of the front heavy bolter. And it had no turret. Uh, but 
since I have uh, since I have purchased in the past quite a bit of solar ox tanks. I had a bunch of like chassis and then in you know Horus Heresy for solar ox. You don't really put sponsons on the tanks, so I had a bunch of sponsons lying around. So I broke those sponsons off, man, and like I took the turret which i wouldn't it was never like i think i bought like a bunch of incinerators in the past and so i just had like a bunch of like straight up lehman russ uh, turrets sitting around so i put those put that all together and i like restored this lehman russ got it all primed up ready to go and i have some uh tamia wolf gray coming in uh to give it well it's tamia ijn gray but it's like a wolf gray uh i'm I plan on getting that painted up. I also painted up a uh, six or seven Mordian Iron Guard without heads. Uh, they were from a past project that I ordered from Mad Robot Miniatures. I ordered a squad of ten just because I wanted to build them, and I broke them out and got six of them painted up. And I ordered another twenty from Mad Robot because I really, really liked how they come out. And so all these Lehman Russes that I'm going to restore and bring back from death, I'm going to make Morty and Iron Guard. So I'm really looking forward nice. to this project. Nice. And so, uh, yeah, I did that. I mean, that's that was, I'm really kind of like, like really in this like flex my airbrush knowledge right now. Like I really am like pushing myself like every day. I'm just like, hey, let's try this. Let's do this. And so, like, I've got the uh, AK Interactive Real Colors in last week, and I've been playing with those. I've been laying coats of that down on everything. The AK Interactive Real Colors Orange is insane. Like, it is so vivid, so bright, so high gloss. It's like, it looks like a construction cone orange. It's so good. And that was, I tried that color out. The AK Interactive Real Colors uh flat like satin satin varnish or whatever it it like it smells like cat piss for starters but yeah. it uh, like and I don't I'm not even joking about that I sprayed it and my cat she usually goes to sleep in the chair behind me while I'm spraying things it woke her up and she was smelling like there was like I think it's just cat piss I think I'm just spraying cat piss on my models but maybe it someone does. sold you that cat piss you know <laughs> maybe Fine. I'm just using cat piss i don't know uh either way man it's great like it is super flat it's not as like insanely flat as the like extreme flat varnish or whatever that they offer it's like right in the middle it's like tamia can spray flat it's pretty nice um but yeah dude i'm on this like huge huge tamia train game right now for their painting system like i'm, I'm all about uh the tamia paints right now i don't i don't even have a I'm so ready for these gray paints to come in so I can start getting these Lehman Russes painted up. Well, to me, a paint through an airbrush just works so good once you have the right thinner and know how to do it. It's yep. insane, guys. X20 first in your cup, and then to me, uh, and then it's just like, go to fucking town, dude. You're going to have a good time. Um, and, you know, before I wasn't doing any of the pre-highlighting or anything like that, and now that I'm pre-highlighting with stuff, it does make a huge difference being able to thin it down that much. Uh, it's like, and then I've really abused the, uh, the hair, hair, hairspray technique. Like I feel like I'm using it as a crutch at this point. I need to go ahead and step back and start like doing some sponge work. <laughs> <laughs> but 
other than that, man, I'm having a good time. I really, really like, you know, talking to you guys about this giant Kodiak, man. Like, I'm thinking I could probably knock out. I have enough different blues and colors because I've been painting those dust PLA models. I have like sky blue. I have regular blue. I have IJN blue. Like I've got tons of blues trying to like figure out this like perfect blue color scheme uh, that I can probably paint up the the Kodiak for the uh, clan ghost bear. The what was it? The Osiris or the what co- is it? The black and blue one, the d- real it, dark colored one with the white spots. Uh, That's Alpha Galaxy. Not it's not Alpha Galaxy. It's the I think it's Osiris Gal Omega Galaxy, I think. And it's a uh it's like digital blue camo. Like it's the camo oh, that okay. I said, how the fuck is that even possible? Nobody would ever paint that. Like it's it's a very cool color scheme, but at the time I'm thinking like how am I gonna ever get digital camo on something this big? But if I'm gonna have a mech, you know, like the size of a It's thirteen inches tall. The Kodiak's th- thirteen inches tall. Really? Scale. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. If I'm gonna have like a a Ken doll action figure size, like I could definitely get some Digicam on that bad boy. Here, get get your tape measure. I'll tell you the exact dimensions of it. Hang on. So you can you can imagine it. I definitely don't have a tape measure, but I know 13 inches. Yeah. Hang on. <laughs> I got the width and everything. Yeah. yeah. So, but yeah, man, I, I would love to like. Flex, flex my hobby muscles on that bad boy. That'd be freaking sweet. I'm just, dude, I'm so about airbrushing right now. Like I said, the fish, the wooden fish that I'll be airbrushing for my dad. Like, I learned how to airbrush taxidermy red, red drum just because I'm like all about it right now. I've got all the tools, I've got everything like that. I've got my, oh, by the way, if you're a, like, if you are any serious airbrusher, I would not recommend the foot pedal with the vortex mixer because the vortex mixer will somehow interfere with the foot pedal and make the like jumper thing. I don't know what the like the the shock sensitivity thing for the hairdryer will click off and it sucks. But uh, like just having the arm to hold my hairdryer is next level. I would say absolutely invest in a hairdryer arm if you've been using a hairdryer at all, especially if you're doing batch painting. Okay, so it's standing. You can see how it's standing there in that photo. Yes. And the dimensions are 12 inches tall, 10 and a half inches wide, and 7.2 inches deep in that photo. So that's the same scale that y'all are playing in? Yep. Yep. 160th? Yep. Yes, that Why one's a it? big mech though. That's a hundred ton mech. Like it's yeah. supposed to be fucking whopper. Why is what? Why does like because like Scott's Vulture looked like? Now Scott's Vulture is smaller than this. Yeah. I'll how tell, tall is your Vulture? Tell, it says right here. Hang on. Unless somebody printed it in a weird. This should be the one. I feel like if I took my my Kodiak and I put that next to a Vulture, my Kodiak's gonna be massive compared to it. It should mine be. Is, mine is like nine and a half inches. Yeah, it I also depends like... on how, yeah. Right here it says nine point nine inches, five inches deep, only seven point eight inches wide. But it also would depend on how you assemble the legs because they're 
springy because they're like the bird legs. Oh, but this I, is a this is a this is a sixty ton mech, and the other one's a hundred ton mech. Okay, I thought they were much much bigger, but that's cool. I'm still cool. I'm like hundred percent. I'm down to paint a goddamn yeah, Kodiak. Yeah. I don't send me. Let me know where I need to draft the check. It'll be on the way. Uh, that'll happen. So cool. Yeah, looking forward to flexing my hobby muscles for that project. Uh. So yeah, man, that's what I've been working on. Having a good time. Ordered a whole bunch of uh, dust because I'm like the dust distributor out here in uh, good old Victoria, Texas. Ordered a whole bunch of uh, pre-ordered the Japanese starter sets. I ordered like pre-ordered three of the Japanese starter sets. Pre-ordered three of the Desert Scorpion starter sets. And then pretty much all the mechs that Japanese are coming out with. There's a lot of interest for the uh, IJN down here, so... We forgot, Ryan. We're we're gonna start playing fucking Test of Honor soon. I talked about it when you weren't here last week, but yeah, I need to get your guys because I'm gonna split those box sets with you. Fuck yeah, man! Painting, painting, goddamn samurai. Yeah. You can assemble them as spearmen, bowmen, uh, (laughs) and then you got powerful bowmen. You got horse samurai that can have. Spears, katanas, or bows, and then you have samurai on foot that can have all kinds of weapons. All sorts of bullshit. Yeah, dude, I would absolutely. I kind of wish I lived closer because I would jump on that ridiculous game with y'all as well, and would paint samurai. I'm not in the mood to paint little minis right now, as far as like little people go. These Mordians are kind of pushing my patience. If anything, <laughs> I'm more in the line of like yeah. I want to paint a bunch of tanks right now and titans and shit. So, yeah, but I would definitely. Well, that's all that I'm pumped about this 28 millimeter Battletech game is I don't have to paint any little shit, really. Like everything is like you to paint all the fun stuff. Yeah. And then uh, I did order. I did get my infantry in. I got my hauberks in, Scott, but I have to heavily convert them. But I got the first uh, Lance or squad of hauberks in. I need to order mine soon. Your elementals. Yeah. So I need to get Michael to design me up a uh, missile backpack and then I need to figure out what I want to do for the little claw arm and once I get that good to go I can start like mass producing them fucking guys because I gotta I'm gonna run uh, I think it's four I'm gonna run four squads of them so I need 16 of them hmm perfection i sent y'all a picture of those mordians i've been working on uh and another side project that me and my dad are trying to look at right now which is the band yeah 1979 vandero which is the vandemo short package which is like where they shorten down the van and we're gonna try and like make like an old school van remember from the movie old school they had that black dodge that they were like kidnapping people oh in with yeah v8 in it yeah it's gonna be sweet yeah a little side project but anyway those are my Mordians, <laughs> my headless Mordians from Mad Robot Miniatures. So, all right, we got some voicemails. We sure do. We have voicemails and emails this week, and none of them are spooky. I don't believe, which is embarrassing. Uh, first one comes from Jonas. Jonas says, "Does Derek have an email?" Yes, it's Derek at Warhammer30k.com. Uh, you also spelled Derek, D-E-R-R-I-C-K, Derrick. Uh, his name is Derek, which is like D-E-R-E-K. So that's probably where 
you, the 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 confusion happen if you're trying to send me just connect. So it's d e r e k at warhammer thirty k dot com. Yeah, d i c k h e a d. It says sometimes it seems like Derek is your familiar. Uh, does Derek even have an email? I get it. There's a million ways to spell his name. Uh, a couple pointers on green stuff. Always keep your tools wet. Uh, green stuff won't stick to a wet surface. I keep a glass of water to hand while sculpting. Sculpting. Spit also works. Nice. Uh, you can use hand lotion to make green stuff even smoother. Wow, I've never heard of using hand lotion. That's a new one. Uh, you need to use tools. Hard surfaces vehicles are difficult because you want flat surfaces. Tools are better at achieving that. Uh, you can mix different putties together. Usually one-to-one works best. You can mix Fibo into green stuff, but at a smaller ratio. Maybe five parts green Sounds stuff. Sounds like this motherfucker needs fibo. to come to Hobby Camp and teach a green stuff class to me. I mean, that's all yeah, that this is. Look at the big brain on Brad. Jesus Christ. Yeah, dude. Jonas knows his shit. Uh, another good putty is epoxy sculpt. It's cheaper, hardens more like a rock than the rubbery final project you get with green stuff. When you wet it, it melts and becomes rather silt-like. Mixing epoxy sculpt to green stuff one-to-one works well, too. My brother wrote a bunch of crap on the subject, if you're interested. And his brother is modernsynthesist.com. And he has some... I'll put these uh, in the show notes for his... It's modern synthesis s-y-n-t-h-e-s-i-s-t home of mr underscore pink's <laughs> nightmare creations and he does dude he has a some youtube videos on how to sculpt with green stuff and how to use green stuff tools and his it is modern synthesis on uh on youtube as well so go give him a check out i will i'll definitely post this up in the show notes so, are you disassembling your mech scott uh, I knocked it off the shelf for like the third time now, so I'm putting it back together. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. Okay. So next up is a voicemail. A voicemail. Yes. <laughs> Get your shit together. Oh, whoa, whoa! I'm sorry. Hold on. Whoa. Right over. Hey, boys. AJ from the Bot DT here. Get your shit together and eat more? What the hell, boys? Eat more is the greatest, greatest chocolate bar ever. I guess technically it's not a chocolate bar because it's kind of like a coffee-infused thing, but just I am in, in shock that you're giving, you know, you're giving all these chocolate bars all their love and then just like, eat more? Eh? Ah, boys, you gotta come on, improve that palate. The man's chocolate bar right there. Anyway, love you boys. Can't wait for working camp. Uh, on my way to work here on a Friday. One more day, get through, and then hobby time. Talk to you guys later. Peace out. I always expect AJ's calls to end with <laughs> like a little love yeah. to you. <laughs> so now, nah, man, he didn't eat say more, figure. Man. He didn't say figure it out one time. I'm kind of disappointed in him. It's okay. It's all right. It's because he's so full. His brain's clouded by all that. Weird chocolate taffy that legal weed more becomes legal weed. I thought you were oh, gonna say legal yeah, weed and the fucking <laughs> excessively high amount of THC in his system right now. <laughs> they have legal weed now. No, yeah, eat more. Eat more is good, but I mean, 
me and my dad that, even man, my we, even my wife she, my wife took a few bites of it being a baker like you know she has to have kind of a palate for things she's like i don't know what that is but it's not very good but all these rest of these i would eat that just saying That's what true, was true fact what was the what was the one it, it was also a yellow wrapper it wasn't the crispy crunch it wasn't the eat more it was the, the toffee crisp not toffee crisp coffee no, not my favorite. Chris. The was it the Wonder Bar or Wonder, Wonder Bar? Wonder Bar, or? yeah, dude. The Wonder Bar, yeah, dude. Like I ate the shit out of that. I gave Derek one. I gave my roommate one, and then I gave my dad one. And my dad goes, "Do you have another Wonder one of those I could take to work tomorrow?" And I was like, "They're gone. They're all gone, dude. Wonder Bars are legit." Yeah, like, Tim Tams are also. Those are always, you know. Tim Tams, we have yeah, those here. Yeah, that's New Zealand though. I think those came in the New Zealand package. I don't think those came in the Canada package. No, I got but, some in uh, the package you gave us, I think. Oh. Oh. Canadian Tim Tams. But yeah, Wonder Bar, man. Wonder Bar was amazing. Uh, yeah, eat more. Man, they just, you know, you just, you got to bring it, dude. We Like, there's just certain candies that tried in America, and they didn't make it. Like, there's just a certain yeah. level you I have to I am mad that we're... I ain't mad that we're missing that one. That one wouldn't be <laughs> it wouldn't be on the list. You know what I'm saying? Like that's well behind like all the other candy bar. Like I'm reaching for something like a Butterfinger or a Baby Ruth or a Snickers or any of that shit long before I ever make it down to scraping for a fucking eat more. Just saying. If I go like if I get my Space Marine costume on, go go Canadian Halloweening. And somebody dropped you eat more in my bag. I'm coming back, <laughs> and we're egging their house. It's all it like this. Nah, it's the, not that bad. The trick's coming. <laughs> no, I'm just playing. <laughs> no, but I get it, man. I get it. Like, I, uh, one thing I'm, I am curious about is I understand why America suppresses the Wonder Bar because Butterfingers wouldn't be a candy. If we had Wonder Bar, like this is like, ooh, I don't know. Butterfinger's pretty damn good, sir. I'm not saying that the Wonder Bar is good, but they're different. The Wonder Bar is closer to, um, not a Butterfinger. It's like a soft Butterfinger, man. Well, it's It's got a lot of peanut butter in it, but it's got it's got peanut butter and nuts. There's another fucking candy bar that's like that. I don't think it has any nuts. I don't think Wonder Bar has any nuts. It's got that crunchy shell. It's got like peanut butter with a crunchy thing around the peanut butter with chocolate on the outside. Yeah, I don't know. I, it's it, to me, it's like a Butterfingers. To me, it's like a Butterfingers that doesn't like live in it's your. It's like teeth a Butterfinger had sex with the Reese cup. Oh yeah. boy! Yeah, like, think about that. <laughs> and then they were like, "Hey, should we make this candy as hard as we fucking can so it'll be stuck in your teeth for the next three hours?" And they're like, nah, let's go ahead and dial it back a little bit. Actually, let's dial it back a lot. And they go, okay, cool. That's like, oh, uh, the the Reese's Butterfinger combo is exactly what it tastes like. Remember they, they for a while there, they were doing the Butterfinger Reese's? That's exactly what the Wonder Bar tastes like. That's what I just said. Yeah, no, I just remembered. Because like, in my head, I was trying to figure out, I was like, what the fuck does this taste like? But yeah, I don't, I don't know. I think I think uh, I think Wonder Bar would would kick Butterfingers out of the market if they if you had the option to choose only the two. 
And then eventually there Pretty would just good. be such such a short purchase of of Butterfingers that they just have to they just have to let Bart Simpson endorse whichever one he chose best. Yeah. All right. Next one. Hey guys, uh, on the discussion regarding fashions and, and fanny packs and messenger bags, I'm going with Ryan on this one. The reason being is a messenger bag has more surface area. That way we can add our patches from this past year onto the messenger bag, the patches for the upcoming year on the messenger bag, and just keep adding our patches for every year that we attend a, uh, a Wargamers camp, including the uh, unique Wargamers camp patch for that year, and build up on it. Man, that'd be insane. Imagine, like, when we're, like, eight years down the line and we've hosted nine Wargaming camps and people have to start bringing banners, like, <laughs> like that they wear on them, like Space Marines. The Matt, <laughs> the Matt Redmans of the world that's fucking just obsessed with every patch. <laughs> Man, it would be fucking so sweet, dude. It'd be so incredible. All the patches. I don't know, man. You got one, one, one down for Messenger Bag. One down for messenger bag. And it turns out I was fucking dead wrong, and the Boy Scouts and Eagle Scouts of the world uh, are actually oh, not as God badass as you thought they were. Here we go. They are, <laughs> in fact, cheaters and buy their sashes. <laughs> let's let's start by... Let, let me start by saying I'm not surprised that Dan fucking Porter was an Eagle Scout. I'm not surprised at all. That doesn't surprise Dan me. Dan Porter? Yeah. It was Dan uh, Dushik, wasn't it? Oh, I thought it was Dan Porter. Oh, was it not? Was it not Dan Porter? I don't think they have fucking Eagle Scouts in England, bro. They don't do anything. They don't fucking high school wrestle over there. They don't do anything. All they do is have extra uh, miniature war game painting knowledge that we don't have, yeah. but we pretty much are better at them than everything else. It's That's why they don't do anything in the UFC, because they've none of them wrestle, so they just immediately get taken down, and you just get their face pounded through the fucking canvas. Or get their fucking head punched off by Dan Anderson. <laughs> God. No, yes, yes. The UK does have scouts. Yes, the UK is in scouts. What? British Boy Scouts and scout? British Girl Scouts. I've been there. They have like four bushes in the whole country. Yeah, there's no there. wildlife. They, yeah, the <laughs> they've killed they? it all. They've lived they, there too long. There's no room for anything. Like when you go scouting, do you just go to your neighbor's fucking little bitty four by four backyard? Is that where you go? Like, what the fuck? <laughs> I have seen people camping in the, each other's backyards. Either way, I'm also not surprised that Dan Dusek is also not like not like I'm not surprised he's also an Eagle Scout. That doesn't surprise me one bit. But to know yeah. that said Eagle Scouts don't make their own sashes and they don't have to get a made my own sash merit badge kind of bothers me. Kind of I will say that the magic way. They could have a survive the fucking London subway badge. That would be more hardcore than about anything we could yeah. do here. That's like the equivalent of fighting a fucking bear barehanded here. <laughs> just drop your fucking twelve year old off and just be like, "Get home." Sorry about Look. you. Just find your way home. You want, it's like in you it's bag? like in three hundred. It's like in three hundred where they drop them off in the snow in their underwear with a spear. It's the equivalent of that. That's fair. That's fair. So, either way. Yeah, so they don't make their own uh, sashes. They buy them. Um, I'm 
I don't know. I found I found the uh, the Molly Webbing from the uh, 2017 Adepticon like saddlebag I was making for my uh, making for my for my wagon, and so I yep. might have my my mom work me up a sash, a Molly sash, so so we can all. See which see if people prefer the messenger bag or the sash. Like that's that's really oh, the competition Michael. right now. Michael has to win. That's like now that <laughs> now that he's not made the recommendation. It's hey, it's it's you got one vote. I'm just saying you got one vote. Uh, we still. Well, we, how about we, we just do the full fucking Velcro suit, like the thing where they catapult you at the wall and you stick to it, but you'll just be in that. But we'll just fucking put badges all over you. And <laughs> this also came from Vincenzo. He says. I'm sorry, powerful Vincenzo. He says, "You bet your magnificent bearded meat smoking wall defending ass I want a big dick energy patch <laughs> to make it family friendly. Just make it a patch that says Vincent BDE." And that is so so we got to have a BDE patch at one point. So what do you have? Is it a glowing mushroom? Is that what it yeah. is? Like it's a bright green glowing mushroom on the patch? Yeah, it's a or, or like we. <laughs> like it's a radiating power. We can make it. You can't like put a, a dick on there. Like make it a wiener dog with like a really juicy butt, so it looks like a, so it looks like a, a dick. Or and a glowing like, fucking cock, like a glowing chicken. <laughs> yeah, like yeah, glowing well, no. chicken. Scott's on the right idea. So so like I said, like we'll make it like a wiener dog. Yeah. So like people can be like, oh, it's big dog energy, you know, and like you can like play it off. Oh yeah, big dog energy, and it's like clearly it's like I know what BDE means. You fuck. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's BDE, big dog energy, but the dog looks like a dick. It'd be great. It'd be perfect. Or a duck. <laughs> or a chicken. So, either way. Uh, last email comes from Shane. Powerful Shane says. Betrayer Part 4. Hey, man, can you give me a good old-fashioned tug job and shout-out Betrayer Part 4? 3,000 points, custodes as allies only, 650 Lord of War point cap. Info below. So once again, guys, uh, this is going to be Betrayer, the Betrayer series. Uh, We talk about it once every few months. This gets held at uh, Harrisburg, Pennsylvania in the Adventurers Guild. Uh, It looks like, man, this is fucking crazy. Uh, so this is actually going to be Betrayer Part 4. It's on November 17th. 38 people are going or interested right now in this event, Fuck according yeah. to the Facebook page. That's awesome. I've watched this grow every time from Betrayer Part 1 up into Betrayer Part 2, 3, and now we're on Betrayer Part 4. And every single time there has been like people pumped for this to happen and also people are like, they're asking for players packs. They're asking for like, you know, for more information on it, trying to get in there and trying to get in the game. This has been a successful event the past three times, and I would doubt that like short of some sort of like blizzard that it will be a successful event uh for the fourth time. So Definitely something to get into. Uh the Adventurers Guild in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. If you're in that area, November seventeenth. I'd say go to it absolutely. Uh, give it a shot, man. They run a great event. I have there's they sold themselves like there's at this point. If you don't know what Betrayer is, you haven't been playing Heresy long enough. So, but yeah, 
that's it for emails. That's all we got. Go. So, there anyway. Have it. Anything else you guys want to talk about? Or is that going to be it? I mean, I think we're done with the show. Yeah, I think, we're, I think we're all set. Yep. So, I will go ahead and get this episode posted. And I will post the links for the green stuff information. And I will also post some pictures of my paint shanker that I'll be sending. Hardware Studios. Check them out. So, all right, guys. Y'all have a good one. Kick you off to some music. Bye. Oh, <laughs> yeah.